Growth is the only way to unlock your true greatness, not only to yourself, but to the world. I'm your host, Candace Lamb, and I'm here to encourage you to explore the possibilities of your best life, what it looks like, and what it takes to get there. I've gathered successful leaders all around the globe to ask the questions we all want to know about business, wealth, health, and relationships. So settle in. You're listening to the Growth in Greatness podcast. So, what you were talking about this whole gestation period, I was thinking about the change of diet. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Hold on, don't come down my street too. But before you get pregnant, you eat every single thing. And like everything you love, once you get pregnant, you no longer have a taste for it. You know, like, yeah, so all this, so, so it's about this change of diet. And for me, that change of diet was narrative. It was a change of narrative. So, you know, like I said, it was COVID and it's only me by myself. And, and sometimes along the way, there are vows that we make to ourselves that almost can interrupt our gestation. So, you know, we say things to ourselves like, oh, so I had said to myself, my husband's there, I am not getting back to Canada. I'm not. This relatives are crazy. And every time they, well, because just put, put, so every time I every time I used to go to, to Kenya, I had to take a gift for all of the seniors. Everybody, I, you know those bags that I don't know, I don't want to be politically incorrect, but those bags that keep growing. Yes, yes. Duffel bags. I had to take duffel bags that were taller than me. Every time I went for everybody, so all of the senior elders had to have linen because they needed the linen that didn't need to be ironed because it was a status thing. So I had to take that for all the older elders, and then I would have to take like watches, even if they were five dollar, ten dollar watches. They'd say watches from America, so I had to take all this stuff. So after he passed, and I took him back to Kenya, and I buried him. I said, "There's enough. Like these people had enough of my money. I've been a cash call because we were married for thirty six years. Wow. We've been a cash call for thirty six years. I am not." So when the Holy Spirit said, "Go back to Kenya," I was like, "You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> you really gotta be kidding me!" Like, Go to Kenya. What? But anyway, I had to change the narrative, and I had to start establishing saying, I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. I had to actually say, not my will. Oh, yes. Wow. But Lord, oh, yes. So, you know, so I, my diet, changing my diet was the words that I was eating. I had to, first of all, I had to eat all these words that I had said before, and try to digest those, and then change the narrative. And say, and God has been, it's been 12 months now, and we've been feeding them, and We've been, you know, doing care of the mental health. And one day, one child that we assessed, and the child had the plan that was going to kill themselves the next day. And we were able to do the assessments, get that child, get him to the hospital, get to the psychiatrist. And the parents came to us and they said, I was on Skype, and the parents said, thank you so much. We didn't know that we were almost ready to lose our child. Wow. And so when we're doing what we're doing, it's really, it's not about us. Yeah. Every dream that God gives us is really to touch somebody else. So change the narrative. Stop saying I can't do this or it's only me or I don't have enough education or whatever. Change the diet of the words of just speaking and eating. And come into agreement yeah. with what God is saying to you and speak life over your own dream. Yeah. So that the gestation period, if the baby won't die, but it could have complications. And now you don't want a baby born with complications, because still got to take care of the baby. So speak life yeah. until you have a wholesome, whole baby during that gestation period. Just keep speaking yeah. life over your dream. 
That's so true. That's so true. And for some of us, our inability to speak life over our own dream stems from our inability to speak life over somebody else's dream. Come on here. And you don't know how critical you are until it's time for you to move on something that the Lord told you to do. Jesus. <laughs> you be like, I said that? Yeah. Well, yes. well whose idea was this? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about somebody being the critical? Critical? I'm saying, like, I went through a real season where the Lord was like, girl, you suck. And I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you do. You ain't got nothing good to say about nobody or yourself, right? But when I stand in front of the Lord, I'm like, <laughs> and he'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to sort yourself. You need to sort it right out. So our ability, so I used to think that my gift of seeing all of these flaws I used to think it was a gift, number one. Right? Who do I really think I am? So now I'm walking around and I can just, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, it's just a thing I can do. I just walk into a room and I can just see everything that's wrong with a thing. And the Lord's like, first of all, who do you think you are? And second of all, what standard are you basing this off of? How you know that their obedience isn't 100% of what I asked them to do? Meanwhile, you're like, well, it could have been like this, and I really like blue instead. And, you know, really, did she have to wear that dress? And, and you know, I didn't really like the music and the food. I didn't know. <laughs> right? And it feels benign. It feels like it don't really make no difference. You know what I mean? Because I didn't say it to her. When I saw her, I was like, go, But I tell you one thing, the Bible is clear. He says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. And whatever you sow, that shall you reap. And some of us are tied up. We are paralyzed to follow our own dreams. But the strength in which we are paralyzed is the strength of our own criticism that we've sowed into somebody else's life. Wow. That's good. And I used to be like, Lord, I got a strong grip because I can't get out of this. <laughs> I got a kung fu grip. You know, bless me. I'm going to use my words different because I can't get out. <laughs> Mercy. Mercy. But the Lord is gracious and he is kind and he will help. Yeah. He will help. So my word to you is give others a break yeah. and give yourself a break. And you'll find that as you give others a break, it will be easier for you to give yourself a break. Right? right? You're not going to hit it every time. And neither are other people. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what in the world we expect. Right, right, right. Listen, life is hard. Yeah, yeah. We out here trying to do a thing. Yeah. Okay? Listen, you know how hard it was just for me to get showered and ready and to meet here with y'all tonight? <laughs> that if we were on the other end of it that we would be so that it would be so effortless for us because that's pregnancy is hard on everybody so yeah. i've heard <laughs> giving birth to a dream is hard on everybody we moving on anything anybody else want to chime in on 
No, 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 no. All right. Well, we transition into birth. Birth. What is it? When you got to push it. Push it. Push it real good. <laughs> Salt and pepper's here. Want you to listen. Okay. So let's talk, let's talk about giving birth. Right, we have walked through. Our baby is shown. We yep. we are. We have changed our habits. We've done these things. Pastor Chanel, I don't know if I I gave you a chance to chime in on the gestation. Is there anything that you wanted to say? Well, I know that one of the things that you will probably well, I, well you know what? Well, let me just keep it to myself. One one of the things that I had to go through during the process of gestation, the first thing that I had to learn how to do was to pray over my vision, pray over what I was pregnant with. And, you know, that required, I like what you guys had started to say, what you were saying a moment ago, that required like everything to shift. So like now, like God is asking me to get up earlier in the morning, you know, oh yeah. And here's the big one. And I think Dr. Apopa had hit it uh, a moment ago as well. Then now like it's the eating habits. It's now like fasting because you're in preparation you're in preparation to give birth to something. It's not just for you, but it's for the world. It's for the nations. And so, you know, if you're going to be able to handle this and maintain it, cause it to last, then this is something that you will have need to have bathed in prayer. Because here's the thing, you know, when you are in the process of giving birth, you have to be careful. And somebody had hit this earlier. You have to be careful who you allow to be around you, who you allow to speak into your life, who to speak over you. And one of the most painful processes that we had to go through when we were in the process of going through gestation is having to see people leave our life that we thought were always going to be there. That was painful because we had already made room for them. So we thought, you know, for them, to come into the birthing room and you know we had already made room for them you know you're gonna be god mom you're gonna be god pa if you catch my if you catch my yeah, yeah, yeah. and then to turn around and god's like no that person's gotta go oh my god i feel the holy ghost right here mm -hmm. that person's gotta go because you don't know that that person means you ill will yeah. that person will sabotage your dream and i remember it was this one particular person that i was very very close with and the person you know they ended up walking away you know from the ministry and shortly after that, I had had a dream. And in the dream, we were at this very, this humongous church. Like it was like a moment that we were standing in. And this person in the dream, like they kind of started like getting an attitude with me and I had to rebuke them. And when I woke up, I was like, God, you know, what was that all about? That's not in that person's character. And God was like, that's the reason why I had to remove this person because they were not ready to go where I was ready to take you. Yeah. And so when you are in the process of going through gestation, you know, God, he'll take you through a time of pulling you closer to him and where prayer must become priority so that he can reveal who you need in the room. I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. As we transition into the conversation about birth, one of the things that I have in my notes is that you've got to know what to expect, 
right? So when moms are pregnant, they're reading books. They're like, you know, what to expect when you're expecting. And they're having these conversations with other women who are like, well, this is what my pregnancy was like. You know, are you carrying high? Are you carrying low? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's a whole thing, right? They're asking. <laughs> right? But and part of that is so that you can begin to cultivate expectations for your dream. Yeah. My question that I want to ask everybody tonight is how much have you researched what your dream is supposed to be when you give birth? Do you, what do you know about your baby? Because some of us were like, I just want to be cute. I want to have green eyes like me. Okay. Well, then what else? Do you want to make, I mean, like, what else do you want to do? You know what I mean? Some of us, we just want to... I'm gonna use Pastor Chanel for an example. I'm a singer, I'm gonna drop a song. Okay, but then what? Where, where, where are you gonna put it? You know, do you know anybody that's gonna be able to kind of talk to you about what to do with it? Or are you just gonna put it on Facebook and be singing it like that? That's not the way, right? But you're like, I just feel this thing in my mind, I don't let it out, right? But no, you've got to do some research, you've got to know how to birth that baby, right? You're not just wanting to birth it on the street corner. Yeah. There's a place that it needs to be birthed. And sometimes, again, I keep going back to this community. We're not letting yeah. people in strategically when it comes to our birthing. And so we are trying to do it in a dark corner, but that's not where your baby will live, yeah, right? You need to give birth in the place that has the equipment for your baby to live. Right? You be yeah. trying to have it in your bed and people do it, but they have equipment and people, yes. right? Yes. But so it's not just for anybody to give birth on a whim. Like, what are you doing to prepare yourself for this? So one of the things, like I said, prayer, I definitely had to prepare myself. His presence, y'all, it had to become priority. It had to become my habitation because in that I needed to see, okay, God, you know, where are you taking, where is it that you want this to go? Who is it that you want this to reach? And in that, you know, God began, okay, I'll just talk about my latest song. In that, God just began to talk to me about this generation. And he began to say how, you know, with us coming from up out of COVID, that he was causing, well, this generation was coming back to a place where they would long for the presence of the Lord again, because it's, you know, just seeing everything, the shift that took place during COVID, you know, we kind of went through a time where we were dependent on other things and it wasn't his presence. And so God said, I'm giving you this song so that you can cause the generation to come back to me. But I was only able to see that during my time in his presence. When I tell y'all, like his presence is not just for worship singers. Yeah. His presence is for every believer because in his presence, that's the moment where God reveals. He reveals the secret things. He reveals the reasons why you went through the hell that you went through. Because sometimes, you know, especially during the gestation phase, you can come up against so many things and you sometimes you don't understand, you know, why am I going through this? What's the purpose of this? But God knows. And, you know, one of the things that God said is that one reason why he will allow you to go through the crushing, one of the reasons why he would allow you to go through all of that is so that the oil can flow up out of you. But I like what you said, Pastor Candace. who's the oil going to affect? Who is it for? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that is really big, even in this day and age, is to know your demographic. 
if you will. You know, know your target audience. Know the people that you were called to. But like I said, all of that is definitely revealed in prayer. And so I love prayer, y'all. <laughs> prayer is my habitation. It's my address. <laughs> hello, hello. I love that you said that because I think too often times we try to rely heavily on our creativity and our intuition, mm -hmm. which are great tools, but they do not possess the foundation that you need to produce a God idea in the earth. Mm -hmm. So you've got to determine before we get to the gestation and all of those things, are you giving birth to your idea or are you giving birth to God's idea? Because if you're giving birth to God's idea, you can't shut him out of the whole process and then present it to him at the end. Come yeah. on. Okay, so you've got to keep the Lord and you've got to consult with him every step of the way because we're building according to his model, right? Noah didn't have the idea to be like, you know, I was thinking about a rowboat. <laughs> Let me just do that instead. No, he had a vision and he had a model that God had given to him and that model governed his behavior. And for some of us, the way that we are approaching our dream is so haphazard because we haven't stayed in the presence of the Lord long enough to get a model to follow, yeah, right? And so we've got 30% of the Lord's voice on a thing or really just the seed of an idea. And we're like, okay, got it. Be right back. <laughs> and the Lord's like, uh, 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 I was going to tell you more. So Pastor Candace, yes, there because the thing is that during this time, uh, you know, that I've been doing this project, I would come to church on Sundays. And I enjoy worshiping. And then in the midst of everything, people might see me sit down and start writing because God would say, you know, like he gave me the outline, the design for the building for the hospital because yep. that's the end result. We built it yet, but that's what we're going to do at the end of the day. We're going to build a psychiatric hospital. Awesome. So I'm sitting in church and he's giving me these drawings. I can't draw more than stick man, but when in the presence of God, the, the creative power yes. of the Come Holy on, Spirit that's right. flows. And it's important, we get some people journals tonight, but it's important if you're in the process of birthing to carry pen and paper or your notebook. Every single place you go, 24 hours a day. Because sometimes the Lord gives us so much stuff and we say, I'll check it when we go home. And then when we go home, it's all yeah. gone. Yes. You know, he might give you words for a new song. You yes. write it down if you're in a gravity or even it's on a napkin. But sometimes he's giving us what we need and then we're discarding it. So oh. that during the birthing process, during the labor pains, we don't have the tools that we need That's to right. move through the pain and birth our purpose. Yeah. That's right. So please, I encourage you, always carry something in the lawn. Because when you're in the presence of God, you think, okay, I'm worshiping God, and so, you know, he's going to heal my body. But no, he's going to give you ingenuity. He's going to give yeah. you strategy. That's right. He's going to, you know, during the birthing part, he gave me strategy because it's a male-dominant culture. So he showed me, look, Sharon, yes. you're going to have to go behind, and you teach the men that you're working with their how to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you step back. Because it's a male-driven culture. Mm -hmm. And would be no, we wouldn't have made the strides with men today if I was standing up all the time in front of the people. Mm -hmm. Because the man who mm -hmm. made the decision would not necessarily respond to me. Mm -hmm. So he had to teach me strategy wisdom. and humility and wisdom. Mm -hmm. So teach, Don't accept that. You know what I mean? I love that. I love that. God is a strategist. He is a strategist. And some of you, the thing that God is asking you to build, it looks like there isn't a place for it now. Mm -hmm. Right? It looks like they're, well, God, I don't see it happening. I've never seen it done. I never, but the Lord's like, I'm telling you because I know that by the time you get done building, rain is coming. 
Come on. I know that by the time you get done obeying me, something is going to be different, right? I remember the Lord telling me one time, because I was like, our times together, it's a lot of that. And the Lord's like, Candace, he was like, listen to me. You're not doing anything wrong. It's just a matter of time. Keep doing what I'm telling you to do. And in a matter of time, in the fullness of time, things will be different, right? So stop coming to me and be like, okay, I did it. Nah, okay, I did it. Where's my breakthrough? And the Lord's like, go over there and sit down and stay sitting until I tell you to get up. But I sat for five minutes, God, and I don't see it. I, I prayed. I was praying, but I sat down, and I don't see it. And he's like, girl, have a seat, and I will call you when it's time. It's almost as if you have to learn how to fall in love with with waiting. Yeah. You have to learn how to yeah. fall in love with a season of being silent, a yeah. season of being in the cave. When David was running from Saul, the Bible says that when he was in the cave of Adullam, the Bible says that there were 400 men that came looking for him that were ready to partner with him. So when you are in your silent season, when you are in a season of sitting in the cave, that's one of your greatest moments because God is Woo. working on something. Yeah. My pastor says it like this. What God is doing in you is greater than what's happening to you. And so you might not be able to understand what's going on around you, but know that there is something that is at work on the inside of you. And if you learn how to fall in love with waiting on the Lord, the Bible says that he will renew your strength. And I feel that on tonight. I feel like some people, you are weary because you've been waiting on God for a long time. But I hear the Lord say that on tonight, God's going to give you another dose of strength so that you can fall in love with waiting on what it is that he's preparing for you. I love it. And you're so true. And I think one of the ways that we've got to dismantle just the ilk that we feel in our heart when it comes to waiting is that we don't find any value in it. Well, what am I doing? I'm just waiting. <laughs> and the Lord's like, there's a host of things that you need to be doing in the waiting period, right? And so there is a value. And so we have got to divorce ourselves from thinking that the destination is the point of it all, right? It's not the point of it. There's so many things that happen during the conception and the gestation and all of these things, right? And the Bible says that the goal of our salvation is that we be transformed into the image of his dear son, right? The goal of our salvation is not to do a thing for God. The goal of our salvation is to be transformed. And so as we are growing and as we are developing in the process of doing a thing for him, our lives are being transformed, which is the larger objective. But we're like, I just want to do a thing. I don't want to really change. I just want to be me and do a thing. And the Lord's like, you're missing the point of this. You're missing the point of this. Well. Like I said, well, I'm getting fed right up here. Right? <laughs> we all eat. We, we all eat. We all eat. Some barbecue, some ribs. Now, I was just thinking about the barking process in reference to business, particularly my restaurant, my partner's restaurant. It was a point where I, we couldn't hide in the closet anymore. It was obvious. And part of the mandra chicos and teas is that we want to be a beacon in the community. Mm -hmm. And you said something earlier about you don't see the place, or there wasn't a place. Mm -hmm. 
Derbyshire Rack is not the most ideal place to open up a business. Mm -hmm. yeah? Let's think about what's happened from shootings and this and that. Mm -hmm. But I truly believe that God pulls forth a brass. Come on. When he gives you a vision, yep. it doesn't have to make sense in the natural. Right. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so our mandate is not just to serve you some good barracuda nugget. You understand? We want to actually have community programs for children in the neighborhood. We want to regentrify our environments. When they say our black people, people of color. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, X, Y, and Z, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And we're like, we looked at each other, we're doing it. Yep. And we're so humble and we're so taken back at the support and the need is there. So it might not be a place that you can see. And it might not look like the cleanest place, the nicest place. It might not be the front street. It might not even be Reed Street. But when God calls forth a, a purpose or vision, he gives you a dream or vision. It doesn't have to make sense to you. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. And I believe he went before Chico and T's and he saw the need yes. in the community. Yes. Yes. Yes, and I believe that we prayed over that business. We've had pastors, my bishop come and anoint, walk around that business. So I know that it's been called forth. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, as a business owner, we're still new. And we've seen the struggle. Food prices have skyrocketed. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? If it's not one thing, it's another thing. Mm -hmm. We have invested a lot of money into that project. And sometimes we sit down and we look at each other like, well, did we do that? And then we look at the finances like, we did that. And then you look at the other side of the finances, we paid that. So, but I say like that to say that it's not always a pretty place. Graphing mm -hmm. usually is a very exactly. pretty process. You understand? But at that point, that's when the community came in. That's where people came to help us paint. We were we were tired. Mm. I can imagine working a child. You get to a point where you're tired of pushing. Yes. So you got to call in some oh, people man. for some help. Yes. You need the doctors. You need the nurses. Yes. You need the midwives. Yep. And that's what the community came with us, our friends, our families, those people who cared about us. So yeah, we got to the point. You couldn't hide it anymore. People would drive down. And I just thank God that we, you know, in particular, my business partner, Machika Campbell, he had the vision for Devin Chirac. And we're there, and we're going to stay there, and we're going to build up our communities, Amen. not just through food, but through love, through sharing, and just, just trying to encourage one another. And you know what? And as black people, I have to say the color thing, we can do it. Yeah. We can do it. We can do it. And you were a perfect segue to my last point. And you guys can, um, if you're taking notes, write this down. Do you have a Lamaze group for your dream? Okay. Wow. Okay. Who do you have to coach you? And who do you have to encourage you? So I would love to hear from you all. Who was in your Lamaze group to help you prepare yourself for the birthing? So mine's were all men. That's crazy. <laughs> Go on. All men. <laughs> all the midwives were men. Wow. And we were That's in amazing. the slums. Yeah. We still wow. are in the slums. Look at that, not a pretty place. No, no pretty place, no, you know, I can tell you this much. I have, my sister went with me to Kenya and on the first day that we were training, we got terribly ill. Oh, like wow. nothing would stay in our stomachs. And we had to, had to go to the bathroom. And the bathroom had no toilet seat and all of these things, right? But we had to keep birthing. You know, we had hundreds of mothers sitting out there waiting to be taught how to un identify early symptoms of suicide in their children. Wow. So while my stomach was gargling and all of that, I had to keep on speaking the word, you know, by your stripes I heal and yeah. stand up before the people and run to the broken toilet. But all the midwives were men. And I was like, okay, I'm nearly, you know, and I was like, okay. So during that process of working with men, like with dirty hands and whatever, you know, yeah. Yeah. But the baby came out clean. Come on, come on here. And I was like, 
is a miracle. We're in the slums. We don't have no water. We don't have a toilet. But the baby came on clean. 300 children that statistically should have been self-harming. 300 children that had not become pregnant where incidents of pregnancy, teen pregnancy in that particular area, it's like 4,000 children, like a month. Wow. And for the, the 300 children, not one of them have become pregnant. Wow. We've been able to do early attack. So the baby, it didn't matter about the area. It didn't matter who the midwives were. Actually, it mattered that you were doing what you were doing. It was the obedience that saved the baby. Wow. Come on, that's real, real good, real good. Somebody put that in your notes. That's real good. Please. Okay, so for me, it was my husband, y'all. That just so happens to be here on tonight. You I guys can put your hands God. together for Pastor. <laughs> I thank God for this man, and I'm not just saying this, you know, so that I can have a good time tonight. Amen. <laughs> Remember me. <laughs> Don't call me. Don't call me. <laughs> He was a blessing because it had gotten to the place where I was so broken. I was so hurt from what I was expecting to take place with my first project. I literally told God, I was like, I'm not doing this no more. And, you know, people would come up to me and they would be like, hey, where's the next CD? And I would be like, "If you, oh, my, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and be real. <laughs> I'm I'm spirit with the Holy Ghost, but I wanted to cuss people out because I was like, look, I'm tired of you asking me that because I'm like hurting right now and I don't want I don't want to hear nothing about at his feet, feet, at his I don't want to hear nothing because in my mind, girl, I don't want to hear ankles, knees, I don't want to hear nothing. And so, you know, because in my mind I felt like God, you know, that didn't go the way that I thought that it was going to go. And so the enemy had convinced me, you failed. Yeah. You failed. And if you try it again, you're going to fail again and you're going to embarrass yourself again. But it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. I had to learn how to fall in love with waiting on the Lord. And so every year I would put out a date and I would be like, I'm going to release it. I'm going to release the next song on this date. And the date would go and the date would come and then it would go. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything anymore. I'm not going to put out any more dates. And God was like, good. That's where I want you to be. <laughs> Just, just close your pie hole and stop telling people. And I was like, okay, Father. And then there came a moment where God, during, actually during COVID, I was able to kind of catch myself. And I was able to kind of, you know, get refreshed and get restored. And that's when my husband came to me and he was like, so, you know, you got to do it again. And I'm like, what? No, it's not time yet. And he pushed me. And, you know, he sometimes, you know, he would even yell at me, which is what sometimes midwives do. When I was literally giving birth to my first son, I got tired of pushing. And the midwife was like, look, if you don't push, we're going to cut this baby out of you. And I was like, the devil is a liar. Put the scissors down. You ain't got to cut nothing. And so, you know, there were many times where he had to kind of talk harsh to me, but I didn't have time to sit up there and feel sorry for myself because I knew that there was something in me that was ready to come out. And so that was my process. I thank God for my midwife out there because he pushed me on. Yes. I love that. I love that. Anybody else want to talk about their midwife? Oh, 
Dr. T? My midwives were my business partners, mm -hmm. literally. I mean, we sat down and we had some hard conversations. And one of my partners, he's, he's married with two young girls and another one is single and then there's me that's single. And you don't know it until you're going through it. Mm -hmm. And who knows it better than those who feel that what's going, what you're going through. Not that right. So we had to push each other. I mean, I just sit in awe. Mm -hmm. If we talk about the waiting season, and I'm just going to be very candid. I never figured I'd be 47, not married, no kids. Mm -hmm. So my waiting season has been a very long waiting season. <laughs> I didn't dream about birthing a business. I didn't dream about birthing a PhD. That's not what I wanted to birth. I saw uh, the picket fence, the husband, the child. And I literally had to, last year I went through a physical season of grieving what I thought I should have birthed. Ooh. You understand? I physically mourned, I cried, I wept. You look around you and you say, okay, God, I'm not perfect, but yeah, I, I'm deserving of love. I believe I am. You know, I, I have, in my kitchen, I have three elephants that represent a husband, a wife, and a child. I watched those elephants for 10, 15 years. Wow. And I was not able to birth what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And you see other people birth what they wanted in the natural. So you talk about waiting. Mm -hmm. And so it was a season of breaking. And like I said, with the PhD in the business, none of these, I didn't see that for myself because I didn't want that for myself. My mom had six kids, married 63 plus years. I wanted to be like my mother, mm -hmm. but God saw and sees otherwise. Mm -hmm. But being delayed doesn't mean that I'm being denied. Yeah, that's it. Right. Come on. So yeah. what I've learned in this wedding season, hallelujah, Jesus, is to trust him. That's right. It's to trust him yeah. and to not rely on my vision. You understand what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, Father, you're showing me, okay, you want me to be well-read. You want me to be quantified and qualified. You want me to be an entrepreneur. What else is it that you want me to be? I got to a place of total surrender. Yep. Like how you said, you ain't got it. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. Yep. But to physically grieve not having a child from my womb yep. when I'm the godmother to like 12 or 13, wow. when I have six nieces and nephews, I don't understand. There are times I still have moments, but I'm not where I used to be yeah. because I'm yeah. trusting yeah. Yeah. So... I didn't see it, but he did. Mm -hmm. And I have to believe that he knows my heart's desire. And the That's word it. says, if you put him first. That's it. Yeah, seek him first. Yeah. So it. I'm continuing to all seek him. Things. And I trust me, I'm far from perfect. All these things shall be All added. these things. I'm still considering, I'm just waiting. Come on. But Come I'm on. working while I'm waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. serving yeah. while I'm waiting. That's it. I'm ministering That's while I'm waiting. That's it. I'm falling while I'm waiting. And I'm still reaching for him while That's I'm waiting. It. That's it. Do you understand? When I look at my life, nothing like what I thought it would be. That's it. And in this stage, I'm like, God, I just surrender. Mm -hmm. I surrender. Being a doctor didn't mean nothing to me. I didn't want a restaurant. Like I told you earlier, I'm tired of working those many hours. But I'm falling in love with my business and the people that I come in contact with. Mm -hmm. I love my staff. But God knew that. Mm -hmm. And I have a gift of singleness as well, I believe. Yes. Yep. I'm not lonely. Yep. I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trusting God. And I want to say this to the women that are here tonight. I know your stories might not have come out the way you wanted them to. I know that. I, I get it. I'm a living example, but trust him. Mm -hmm. I'm just trusting him with the rest of my story. That's right. Because my story is his story. Yeah. Because we're one. That's right. That's right. I love that you said that because... For so many of us, our dreams do not happen according to the sequence that we have in our mind's eye, right? Like, okay, God, I've got a plan. It looks like this, 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 this. And the Lord's like, okay, great. <laughs> and he mixes it all up, right? But I'm reminded of that song that says, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you.
we did that. We gave ourselves to the Lord. When we said yes to him, we said, here, here's all my days, however you want to fill them, right? And so when we reconcile that, it goes a little bit easier for us because for some of us, the struggle is us and the Lord. And we're like, mine, 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 mine. <laughs> He's like, wait, 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 wait. You gave me this a long time ago, no? So I want to open it up for questions now. Does anybody have any questions for any of our guests today? Or comments? Yes, please. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. The, uh, this, uh, my first question, uh, what happens if you're expecting twins? What happens if you're expecting twins? Please. So I just, Kenya was one of the things that I was doing at the time. The other was being compelled to write another book entitled The Purpose of Pain. And so you get the understanding, and I am a twin. I'm naturally, I'm a twin. I have a twin I'm sister. You're a twin too. Yeah. Yeah. you get the ability to nurture both you know so if you're birthing twins and you're still you're being led by those he gives you the strategy how to nurture and bring to fruition both babies yeah. so it, it's all about divine instruction and strategy mm -hmm. you got to pray double yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone else yes i just want to say first of all thank you thank you thank you to each and every one of you for making time for us i so in the mic for the recording so the question is how do I position myself to do more than one thing when I have the gift to do it and the desire to do more than one thing so I'll leave it to you all I'll take a quick little step when I'm yeah. so it's purpose desire and you almost make it like an equation out of that mm -hmm. you know I have the purpose so I have a desire and it motivates and feeds my purpose but then it's also tiny so I would say that it's taking all these things and that book that you got tonight and lay it down before God and say, God, map out the timing. 
not all the time. I know everything you want me to do, but and sometimes there are we have uh, multiple births. Mm -hmm. You know that people have multiple births all at the same time, and those people usually need help. So it's, it's part is desire, purpose, time, and community. Mm -hmm. Because you will need help. You have you know five babies or whatever. You know, even the government gives you some free stuff. So, you don't have to worry about the, when it's a multiplicity of things. You just have to worry about the strategy, the timing. And then just go ahead, write it down, write the vision, make it clean, and move forward. To add on to that, from the, from the tangible perspective in reference to finances, because I think you mentioned that as well, yeah. it's important from a business perspective, perspective is to gain capital. And often in order, in order to gain capital, you have to have people, community that you trust. And those who are often in a better financial standing or equal financial standing that you can trust. Mm -hmm. And as believer, that's something we can pray about for God to give you direction to do so. And one of the things that we talk about at Chico and Tees amongst ourselves, we trust each other implicitly. Mm -hmm. And we are candid, extremely candid. Mm -hmm. So capital is very essential in moving forward finances. It's great to write a vision, make it plain. But you also, from the tangible side, you need to be able to have money to build that vision and then come, you know, to graph it. You know, nobody wants to have babies that you can't clothe and feed. Exactly. That's the truth. That you have to have a plan. Once you get the capital, okay, is there interest attached to the capital? How many years is it going to take to pay back? Do I have people that I can trust? It's just an ongoing conversation. It's so much more to just birthing. You have to have a plan for this children up until yep. college fund. Yep. And that's. It has to be accompanied by finances. Mm -hmm. And in order to have the to get the appropriate finances, you need to sit down with someone who knows more about finances than you do. Mm -hmm. So in order for a baby to crawl, or for example, if I want to open up a pizzeria, I'm going to go to see who does the best pizzas and talk to them and glean from them. And it requires you to be humble, be still, and listen. Um, take what you can. And if you're not getting all the answers from that person who's an expertise or a pundit in that area, find someone else. And somewhere along the line, you're going to be able to align yourself with the correct people who can help you birth and take care of those children that you birthed, mm -hmm. the finances. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happened with us at Chiguntis. I love that practical advice, being able to go to the right people who can give you the right sound advice. The other thing I'm going to say is, and I think this doesn't just apply to you because I think that there's a, people, there's a lot of people with a multiplicity of gifts and a multiplicity of ideas, right? And so just because the Lord has given you talents in a lot of different areas doesn't mean that everything needs to be cultivated at once. And so that's why that prayer time and that spending time in the presence of the Lord is so important because he is the one that says, okay, do this first, do this next, do this after, yeah. right? And so if we don't have the plan from him, then we're like, I just wanna do all the things. Yeah. And so, but he's the one that can tell you when the season, when that which idea has the season of grace on it right and he can say this one's not ready don't even give your attention to it now because this one's not going to be ready to go for another five years yeah. but this one you need to do now yeah. right and so you want to couple it with prayer and that practicality somebody else okay are all hearts and minds clear i don't think they are uh-huh you talked a lot about birthday what about if you afford it? Mm -hmm. Good question. For somebody who has aborted their dream, anybody want to touch on that? Um, like I said earlier, I was very candid. 47, not married kids. 
it's, it's a form of aborting or not even existing almost uh, mm -hmm. that will be done. Mm -hmm. I think for many of us, we have allowed fear to abort dreams in different seasons. Mm -hmm. We've stutter stepped until our obedience is of no consequence. Right. What do you do when the Lord is calling you to do something that has a, a time limit on it? Right. What if the thing that he's calling you to birth is for the generation that's now? But by the time you do it, that generation is geriatric. Right. <laughs> You're like, I want to do a youth program, but it took you 40 years <laughs> to put it together. Like the people that you were supposed to touch, they don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Those are some things that you really want to pay attention to if you're in the preparation phase, right? But if that was you, if for whatever reason you knew that the Lord was speaking to you and you did not complete the obedience, I am also a believer that the word of God tells us this. He is a restorer. He is a redeemer, right? So just because you missed it this time doesn't mean that you missed it for your lifetime, right? And sometimes the things that we have learned through that abortion process is a, the very lesson that we need to know for the next time around so that we know how to hold on to it this time, right? And Pastor Candace, I, I really clearly heard the Lord say that for some people, you know, he asked a question and he said, can these joy boons live again? Mm. And that there are some aborted dreams right now that we just need to prophesy like Come that. On, mm. Mm. And, and, and so it may seem, you know, because I, 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 when you were yeah, asking, yeah. I could just hear somebody saying, you know, well, you know, that's good, but it's too late for me. He said, can these dry burns live? Go back to that dream he gave you and prophesy to the dry burns. Speak to that dream and it will come back to life. Mm -hmm. It will live again. Amen to that. That's right. That's right. And for some, they need to go back and prophesy. And for others, Amali just said it, just because you've aborted doesn't mean you cannot conceive again. And so the enemy is, you know, he's crazy in that way, but he will try to convince us that because we've missed an opportunity that there's no use in us getting ourselves together to try again, right? But it is a lie. The Lord has given us an entire lifetime with many, many, many opportunities to obey him. And the goal of our life is to get good at it, okay? So we just keep following him to obey him. Thanks for listening to the Growth and Greatness podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe to make sure you never miss a new episode. And follow me on social media at Candice Lamb. That's C-A-N-D-I-C-E-L-A-M-B-E. To catch the replay of this live show, check out my channel, Rain Life Entertainment, on YouTube. That's R-E-I-G-N, Life Entertainment on YouTube.